Uh, right now, we're going to take some time and go through the five precepts of the church. That's right, the five beautiful precepts of the church. They uh, are important for us as Catholics to remember and to know because they uh, are like the bare minimum for being a Catholic. They are like, these are the five things you have to do to call yourself a Catholic, <laughs> right? Uh, so if you're listening, if you're one of the uh, many lukewarm Catholics that are out there in the world, uh, first of all, we invite you to have a deeper and more profound relationship with Jesus Christ and his holy Catholic Church by attending Mass every single Sunday. And actually, look at that. It's the first precept of the church. You shall attend Mass on Sundays and holy days of obligation and rest from servile work. So this requires the faithful to sanctify the day commemorated to the resurrection of the Lord as well as the principal liturgical feasts honoring the mysteries of the Lord and the Blessed Virgin Mary and the saints. In the first place, by participating in the Eucharistic celebration, in which the Christian community is gathered, and by resting from those works and activities which could impede such a sanctification of these days. So, if you're one of the lukewarm Catholics that's out there that is not attending Mass every Sunday, get to Mass every Sunday. That is one of the first things that we can do to increase our uh, relationship with God. And, in addition to receiving uh, the Eucharist every Sunday, we should also be going on Holy Days of Obligation. I know Catholics who love to skip out on Holy Days of Obligation. They just absolutely love to skip out. They love to say, Oh, uh, that's not a Holy Day, or that's not... A... No, Holy Day of Obligation, meaning that you go to church on the Holy Days of Obligation. Not an option. Obligations are not an option. So, uh, if you're unsure whether it's a Holy Day of Obligation, you can look it up. Most of the time, they announce it at your Sunday Mass. So, if you're missing Sunday Mass, you'll probably be missing the Holy Days of Obligation, too. So, attend Mass every single Sunday, unless there is some type of uh, illness or something that is preventing you from attending Mass where uh, you are unable to go. But if Mass is being offered five times a Sunday at your church or Saturday night, because Saturday night counts for Sunday after 4 p.m. Canonically, after 4 p.m. on a Saturday, it counts for the next day. So you get to go to Mass that night. It counts for your Sunday. So we give you plenty of options at most churches around the globe. Go to church. That's the most important thing. Most important thing is to go to church. Every single Sunday. And Holy Day of Obligation. Going to Mass by receiving the Eucharist and joining in the Eucharistic celebration. There is nothing more important than joining in the Eucharistic celebration. We've talked about it many times on this show that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Another quote from the Catechism. And it is the best part of your life. I understand that uh, you might think that the Mass is boring or that the Mass... I like to say, if you think the Mass is boring, then you're boring. Uh, it's not about what you get out of it, it's what you bring to it. And 
by participating in the Mass and understanding that Jesus Christ is fully bringing and transforming your life by, by entering you in Holy Communion, by humbling himself to enter your body so that you can become more like him, there is nothing better than that. I mean, we are the only religion, the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith is the only religion, is the only faith in the entire world that believes that their God is still physically present with them on this earth. You ever thought about that before? That's it. We're the only ones that believe that. There is not another religion on the face of the planet that says, hey, my God is with me, body, blood, soul, divinity on this planet. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphans. Right? When he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he remains with us too, fully present, body, blood, soul, divinity in our tabernacles around the world. Every tabernacle around the world that is filled with the Eucharist has Jesus inside. That's what the little candle means next to the tabernacle. Right? So, the next time you go to Mass, you don't have to look for a big blinking sign that says Jesus inside. All you have to do is look for the little sanctuary lamp or candle. And you shall see and know that Jesus is inside. Most of the time it's right next to the tabernacle, above the tabernacle, around the tabernacle. You will not recognize it. You will see it. If it's lit, he's in it. It's that simple. Go to Mass every Sunday. The only place that you can get it is the Eucharist. The only place you can get it is the Mass. Doesn't work down at Wrigley Field. Can't get it. Can't get it at Wrigley Field on a Sunday afternoon. You can only get it in one spot at Catholic Church, a Catholic Mass, from the hands of a Catholic priest who is validly ordained and is able to confect the Eucharist. No matter how hard Jay Cutler tries, or no matter how hard uh, what the, whatever his name is tries, the pitches for the Cubs, right? They can't make Jesus. So go to Mass. Secondly, the second big precept of the church is to confess your sins at least once a year. You shall confess your sins at least once a year. And this ensures the preparation for the Eucharist uh, by reception of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, which continues baptism's work of conversion and forgiveness. So, as part of the Church, we should not be receiving communion while in a state of mortal sin. So, if we are uh, sinning mortally, we shouldn't be receiving communion. But you should still be going to Mass. There is a big... Uh, difference there. You should still be going to Mass even if you're not receiving the Eucharist. Oh, but that makes me so awkward that I, you know, you've you've committed big sins this week. Go to confession before Mass. If you haven't been able to go to confession, then, uh, and your conscience is telling you not to receive the Eucharist because you're in a state of mortal sin. And if you're in a state of mortal sin, the church does not want you to receive the Eucharist because guess what? When you receive the Eucharist and you say amen, you are saying, 
This is the body of Christ, and I want to imitate that body of Christ. And by being holy. That's what you're saying amen to. And amen means I stake my life on it. I am, I am, I am taking an oath. Do you realize that? That when you walk up to take an you are taking it when you go to when you walk up to go to communion, you are taking an oath. And you'd be taking a false oath if you in good conscience knew that you had committed uh, mortal sins. If you had committed mortal sins and you knew it and you I, oh my gosh, you are you are not in communion. You are not you are not in uh, union with Christ at that point, how can you be his vessel if you're cut off from him? doesn't mean you can't go to confession. You're supposed to go to confession and go to confession, and it's all taken care of. Then you go to the Eucharist. But if you are in grave sin, you shouldn't be going to communion. It's that simple. So our church thus says, we should be going to confession once a year. And why should we be going to confession once a year? To help prepare us for the, for the Eucharist. And the minimum is once a year. But I talk to most priests, and most priests will tell you that going once a month to confession is much healthier than going once a year. Because if you can remember everything that you've done wrong in one whole year, if, if you can do that, and still uh, remain sane in the confessional, then then good luck, because because that's a one tough tough cookie there. That is one really 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 tough cookie. So go to confession more than more than once a year, but the minimum, the bare minimum, the bare necessities of life will come to you. No. Uh, is once a year. That's what it is. Once a year. So, first one is go to Mass every single Sunday and Holy Day of Obligation. Why? Because Jesus is there. You can't get it anywhere else. And you should be honoring God. Second, go to confession at least once a year. At least once a year. Why? Because it helps prepare us for the Eucharistic celebration and continues baptism's work of redemption through the forgiveness of sins. Okay? It's that simple. And confession really is not all that bad. But he's so scared of confession. I haven't been in confession in 30 years, people say sometimes to me, as adults or, or, or kids that I teach. I haven't been to confession since my second grade. I mean to tell me I've got to go before I get confirmed? Yes. That means yes. As I imitate back. Yes. You have to get confirmed. Oh, but uh, I don't want to. Yes. Before you receive the sacrament of confession, you need to go to the uh, to the confessional. So, I don't care that it's been 12 years. Or 10 years. Or however long it's been. 9 years. Go to confession. Very important. Uh, the third precept of the church is you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. So, how about this? This third precept guarantees 
at a minimum, the, pre, the reception of the Lord's body and blood in connection with the Paschal Feasts, the origin and center of the Christian liturgy. The origin and center of the Christian liturgy. Did you know that you only have to receive the Eucharist once a, once a year to be a Catholic? This is perhaps the most cited precept incorrectly by our peace Catholics. What do I like to call? Why do I call them peace Catholics? Because they attend Mass only on Pentecost, Easter, Ash Wednesday, Christmas, and for events or eulogies. So they are called my peace Catholics. You can remember that. Uh, Pentecost, Easter, Ash Wednesday, Christmas, and events or eulogies, which would be funerals. So our peace Catholic friends quote this quite often. Well, I only have to receive the Eucharist once a year, but um, so they only show up on Easter. And they think that they're meeting all the other requirements of the church. No. The church says you have to go to Mass every Sunday. They, only, they say you only have to receive communion once a year. So, again, when you're in uh, serious states of sin, you don't have to receive confession. I mean, you, you have to receive confession. You don't have to receive communion. You're not supposed to receive communion. But you should be going to Mass every week. Doesn't mean you have to receive communion. You should, though, if you are in a state of grace, because the church uh, encourages frequent reception of the Eucharist. Frequent reception of the Eucharist is very, very very important because it strengthens us. It gives us uh, the power to go out and be Christ's hands and his feet in, the, in a world that is so messed up, in a world where people are sending uh, hate letters to one another over um, mentally challenged sons and daughters that are annoying them. How do you get through it? You get through it by receiving Jesus Christ. That's what you do. So that is an important precept. Uh, to remember that you must at least receive communion once a year, but you are encouraged to receive it more than once. And you're supposed to receive it during the Easter season for sure because that is a beautiful uh, way to connect with the redemption of Christ and the Paschal Feasts uh, in connection with the center of the Christian liturgy, as our catechism would say. Uh, the fourth precept, you, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church. Oh, here's a good one. Fasting and abstinence. We don't like to talk about that anymore, especially in the world today where, how do I want to put it? Uh, we are gluttonous pigs. That's a nice way to put it, don't you think? We are gluttonous pigs. We waste a lot. And we are supposed to fast and abstain. First of all, what does fasting mean? Fasting means that you only eat one large meal or three meals that equal the size of one large meal during the Fridays in Lent. Excuse me, not during the Fridays in Lent, during... Uh, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are the days that you are required to fast. They are the days you are required to fast in the church. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, you are not, you are not supposed to be a gluttonous pig. Why do we say this? 
Why is this an important thing? It ensures the times of of penance which prepares us for the liturgical feasts and helps us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. So, by 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 giving up food, we realize that we are dependent upon food and therefore dependent upon God. When one fasts, when one gives up food, they realize that they are dependent upon it to live. And more so, we are dependent upon the Creator who created it for us to to gain it. To get it, we have to have a Creator, as we believe. So in that case, when we fast, what happens? It helps us recognize that God is master over all things. Important to note, the fourth precept of the church is that abstinence means what? To abstain from meat. And this is one of my favorite uh, places to expound a little bit of theology, if I can. Well, why don't Catholics eat meat on Fridays? Why don't they eat meat on Fridays? Eh. I get from people... Of all ages. Doesn't that seem outdated? Doesn't that seem stupid? Why can't I eat meat? Well, all right, let's think about this just for a second. Jesus is the Paschal Lamb, right? Lamb is meat, the Lamb of God. Meat. By giving up meat, we recognize that the sacrifice of God is enough. Because, you see, back in ancient times before Jesus came, we would see all these sacrifices of bulls and oxen and and all these different things, birds or whatnot, right? Abraham, what does he do? He, After he, Isaac, his son, is spared, what does he do? He runs off, he catches a ram in the thick, and he catches it, he sacrifices it to God. We see that happen throughout, throughout our history, uh, ancient history in the Bible, the sacrifice, the sacrifice, the sacrifice. But, by by partaking of that meat, we partake of the sacrifice and da 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 da, and so on. Okay. When we abstain from meat, we recognize that Jesus is who said, "I am the final sacrifice, the new and everlasting covenant." Right. Every Sunday we say that, the new and eternal covenant. When we hear those words, we recognize, "Hey, by by abstaining from meat, we are pointing ourselves toward." Christ is Lord over our lives. Hey, Lord, you're all I need. 
You're the only sacrifice that I need. Thank you for the sacrifice. And that is a way of doing that. So uh, giving up meat, beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to do. So that's the fourth one. The fifth precept of the church is you shall help to provide for the needs of the church. It means the faithful are obliged to assist with the material needs of the church, each according to its own ability. What does this mean? That you're to give money or your time, talent, and treasure. Stewardship. Stewardship. You know, this is one of the things that the major uh, things that the church struggles with in today's society and world is stewardship. We have, and I can guarantee you this because I work in a parish setting, I can guarantee you that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And if we had just a tad bit more help, if we bumped that to 25% or 30%, what would happen? Amazing things would happen within our church. Great things could be accomplished. So get involved. Whether it is donating your time to teach religious education classes, or whether it is donating your treasure to help support missions of the church, or whether it is donating your talent to sing for Mass, or to be a lector or a Eucharistic minister, by donating those time and talent and treasure to our church and to provide according to your own ability, the material needs of the church, donating clothes to a clothes driver, helping with a rummage sale or whatever you are doing to build up the church. You are needed. This is a call to action to be involved in our churches. Catholics love to sit on the sidelines and go to Mass on Sunday and say, yippee, I have accomplished going to my obligation. Yay! Well, not enough. You see, these are the things that are just the minimum, too. The precepts are like the bare-bones minimum. So, if you are doing these things, you're just scratching the surface, according to the church. You're just scratching the surface. You haven't even entered into the amazing ride that it can be within the church. And some of this stuff is really challenging for the average person in today's society, just just holding up to these five precepts is hard. Yeah, because the church loves to set the bar high. Our church loves to set the bar high. And setting the bar high is a good thing. Because, because if we set the bar low, what's the point? What's the point of putting the bar low? Not to mention, Christ already knows that we're going to fail. Okay, He already gets it. He already knows that we're going to fail because we're sinful human beings. And he knows that his mercy is so great that he will help us overcome our shortcomings and our failures and our problems. He knows that. He's got that under control. For sure. But these things are important. Again, the five precepts of the church. You shall attend Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. Second precept, you shall confess your sins at least once a year. Third precept, you shall receive the sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. So at least once a year, you must receive the Eucharist, but every single Sunday you should be going to Mass. The fourth precept, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church. And the fifth precept, you shall provide for the needs of the Church. 